0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Hello everybody, welcome back to the WTF1 podcast Bahrain Grand Prix edition. A race that's going to be rather difficult to talk about for sure, um, but... We'll do our very best to, to cover everything that went on uh, on Sunday. Uh, my name is, of course, Matt, and uh, joining me in the virtual podcast booth is Tommy, the WTF1 founder, and Katie, the WTF1 editor. Guys, it's been a very weird weekend. Uh, how are you both?
0: Not too bad. It's been a been a strange week, and we've had plenty of, of news as well. So,
2: Yeah, feeling a bit emotionally exhausted, but also very thankful that we're not talking about... Worst things on this podcast
1: absolutely definitely. it's uh it's definitely something that shocked everybody but as you say it could have been a hell of a lot worse uh so uh but we will cover all of that very shortly because we're now going to dive into a couple of talking points that's been thrown into the nether sphere one of them being lewis hamilton testing positive for covid 19 which i'm sure everybody will have heard or seen uh, by the time this podcast goes out but he won't race at sakir which means firstly we give our best wishes to lewis to he says he only has mild symptoms, doesn't he? So uh, hopefully he'll be on the men soon, but also has given an opportunity for, for someone else to, to race one of the best cars ever built, which is pretty big.
0: Yeah, ever built. If, if 2020 couldn't get any crazier, here we are with Lewis Hamilton. It, it's quite funny that everyone said that, you know, it's just the car. Anyone will be able to win in that car. So let's, let's see. Because oh, whoever, yeah, the theories. The theories are going the to be theories, tested now, aren't they? I, I did see uh, a few people actually mention it on Twitter, which was quite funny, is all the people that comment on Twitter, you know, like Barry3258, that says, oh, even I could win in Hamilton's Mercedes, that just for, for the banter for the last race, uh, two races, Mercedes would just put a random person and see how they do to prove cool. the theory wrong.
2: <laughs> Definitely. Like you say, there's a good selection of people that it could be. Stoffel Van Dorn is, in my opinion, the likely favourite. You know, he is their official test and reserve driver, so it makes logical sense to put him in the car. But there's also George Russell, Nico Hülkenberg. There's a list of drivers, probably, as long as anyone's arm that would love to drive that car. So we will see who they put in it.
1: Yeah, it does seem like uh, Van Dorn will be the top uh, prospect. And also, you know, people are going, oh, no, but we want George Russell. I mean, Stoffel Van Dorn, I know that he was... Trounced, I suppose, by Alonso, but he was a huge potential coming up the field. You know, he absolutely smashed GP two. I think it was called GP two at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was, and, yeah. and he he was, you know, one of the hot shots that everybody thought would be amazing in Formula One. It didn't work out that way, but this could be a potential redemption for for Old Stoffel.
0: Yeah, it could. He, he's a because he, he replaced Alonso in two thousand and sixteen in Bahrain, of all places, actually. Um, mm when Alonso had his mysterious uh, crash, I think it was, in testing. And, yeah, he got to uh, re- replace him. Uh, no, sorry, not, no, it was when he did the, the barrel roll in Melbourne before everyone on, on uh, in the comments, oh, yeah, correct me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, Van Dorn uh, drove an amazing race there and then, obviously, he got put into the car. And having Alonso as your teammate is difficult, to say the least. And, obviously, he got, he got trounced by Alonso, who is a bit of a a teammate killer like you know like Max Verstappen I guess uh, that we've we've seen um but yeah it it would be amazing to see um just someone new in that car obviously like you say we we wish Lewis well and hope he um comes back soon but it's an incredible opportunity to see what someone can do in that car and i know like you say everyone's pleading for George Russell but then i guess what happens is is difficult because then Williams would need to find someone it's a bit of a knock-on replacement so I think like Katie said Van Dorn is probably the a safe bet
2: yeah I think so he's uh, currently doing Formula E pre-season testing so he's already had a pre-existing flight to go to Secure to help uh, with Mercedes this weekend but yes we will see it's uh, certainly an exciting prospect and I'm sure Van Dorn or whoever's put in that car will do a stellar job
1: And the other bit of news that, um, well, a lot of people had seen and it had been rumoured and it was pretty much confirmed because of his dad taking a share in the team. But Nikita Mazepin uh, being confirmed at Haas F1 team for next year. uh, An interesting uh, character, let's put it that way. And I think, you know, it's probably not the most popular decision ever. You know, a lot of people wanted to see Callum in Formula One. But in terms of Nikita Mazepin as uh, an entertainment factor... I think he will be an interesting element to to the grid next year in the sense that what I've seen from him in formula 2 is that he's not scared to go for a move so we could see some um, rather heated moments couldn't we
0: Yeah I mean to be fair to be fair to him obviously he's one of those drivers where uh, unfortunately something that that happened in the past and people won't forgive him for uh, which if you don't know is um a tangle shall we say with Callum Ilott, uh which gave him a, a race ban in formula 3 when he um i guess i won't beat around the bush he essentially punched ilot in the face and pun? gave him yeah beat, beat, him beat around him. the <laughs> bush yeah. uh punched ilot in the face gave him a black eye so it's probably even harsher to see for callum ilot that <laughs> Massa pin has got the driver enemy probably yeah. yeah um but to be fair to him you know if we, we're talking about the racing he has surprised me to be honest in formula two this year he's has been pretty good and the yeah, last race to
1: giotto as well he's kind of yeah he's
0: nowhere in that card to be fair yeah. and the, the last race him battling schumacher who is likely to be his teammate you know, it's an, an amazing battle and he's he's to be honest like when you just watch that race you think it could be quite an exciting prospect it's just whether has can, you know come up the field because essentially they're just racing at the back so
2: we'll see I think it's also very easy to look at somebody like Mazepin and go, you know, he's only there for the money, his dad's rich, all this kind of thing. But everybody had the same opinions of Lance Stroll and he certainly had some impressive performances uh, in his F1 career. So although I'm not going to, you know, shy away from it, there are other people I'd rather have in that seat. It will still be interesting to see how he gets on next year at Haas.
1: It will indeed. Now let's uh, turn our attentions to the Bahrain Grand Prix from Sunday. Uh, and uh, some three-word race reviews. So Sam underscore Skirving says, thank you, Halo. Uh, Neil underscore not underscore Neil underscore. <laughs> Actually, I missed an underscore as well. Uh, my heart stopped. And Justin underscore Parsons 25. Glad Grosjean's okay. I think that's pretty much the only th- takeaway, really, from the Bahrain Grand Prix was uh, was the Grosjean incident. Um, and to talk about that, it sounded like I was doing a throw on a BBC News show. Katie, with uh, the three-word race review, we're going to start with you
2: yeah so my three word race review is it's a miracle which is obviously relating to Grosjean's accident the crash that he had I'm not alone in thinking that when we saw that unfold live I think we all instantly assume the worst it's one of the worst crashes I've seen not just in F1 or in motorsport but just ever you know to have a car veer off the track at that speed and then burst into flames is was so shocking for you know us to see because the the fuel cells are not designed to just implode like that and and cause such a cause such a huge fireball but yes there were lots of things that were in place that undoubtedly saved Roman Grosjean's life the most obvious being the halo you know something that's only been introduced in the last couple of years and you know, I've spoken to drivers before the Halo was introduced into F1, one of them being Pierre Gasly, I spoke to him in 2016 and he said, if you don't like open cockpits, go do something else Halo shouldn't be in F1 and my goodness I'm sure that his thoughts have changed, I'm sure everybody's thoughts have changed after the fact that the halo saved Roman Grosjean's life at the weekend um but there have been people online Lucas Degrassi being one of them saying stop calling it a miracle it's not a miracle it's due to all of the health and safety things that have been put in place that Roman Grosjean was able to walk away from that accident so that I would say you can probably call it what you want to call it but there are so many variables with an accident like that you know, the barrier, something a shard of barrier could have come off and, and pierced through you know, something on Grosjean's body, or the seat belts might have come on, like not been able to come undone properly, or, you know, the Ross Braun said that he didn't think that the fuel had completely, you know, gone up in flames, that it could have only just been a few, um, you know, kilograms of fuel that had gone up. There's just so many parts to it that it is it is a miracle. And my goodness i am just so grateful that on sunday evening i wasn't having to write you know an article an obituary to to roman Grosjean which i mean we love and adore every single driver on that grid you know none of us ever want to see them get hurt in those cars we love watching the race we know it's dangerous but none of us ever wish harm on another driver and so for him to be able to walk away and know that he's okay and that he's recovering in hospital um with ambitions to come back and race in abu dhabi which is just is just amazing but i know i've i've taken quite a lot of time there to talk through my three word race review but um Sorry. yeah it's it's uh, quite an emo- emotional topic to talk about
1: yeah it is indeed um i'm still not over it to be honest even you just speaking about it there it just kind of hits it's uh, hits hits different um and it's it's very as you say katie you know watching that unfold and seeing the I think it was the the shockingness of that mm. of the incident with the fact that it just went up in flames as soon as he hit the barriers because we've seen many shocking crashes you know cars in absolute bits but because it went up in flames it was just a horrifying moment and as you say it was one of those times where you just think that can't be good um and and then there was the delay and the the cameras weren't going on the car and you just know that mm. you know it's not it's not looking great and you know, everybody was on the edge of their seats trying to find out what was what happened with Roman um, but back to your it's a miracle, uh, yeah I, I mean I've, I'm, a, I'm of both sides, I will say yes it is a miracle because as you say there's so many variables, the fact that he could have hit that barrier and been knocked out and then he's hmm. just sat in those flames and you know his his fireproof suit lasts uh, in in those kind of conditions for 20 seconds which is pretty much what he was in there for and his gloves for 10 seconds, like if he's knocked out no one could get to him because of how sheer um, forceful those those flames were. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, I can understand how some people are almost getting offended, shocked at social media, about the fact that, you know, that people are calling it a miracle when there's so much safety in Formula One uh, nowadays. And, you know, it's, it's completely testament to the halo. I think the halo did its job so unbelievably well to pierce through that barrier and to, to keep Romain Grosjean safe. But at the same time, you can also say the barrier could have been on top of where Gros- Grosjean was sitting. Like, there's so many different things, but the halo certainly helped the situation. You cannot deny that. Uh, and, you know, quoting Gasly from 2016, you know, I'm sure I'm sure he, as you say, he feels very, very differently about that now. And the debate's over in my opinion Thomas Sheeha comes in and says isn't it so stupid there was such a debate about the Halo retrospect is great I know I don't think there is a debate anymore I don't think we need to say that there was a debate going into this race or even this season but of course lots of people don't like change they don't like the fact that Formula 1's getting safer oh my god I can't see the drivers but then you have these these countless moments already with the Halo introduced that actually have saved drivers' lives
0: yeah, we we all thought it. Gasly won't be alone in that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've always been pro pro Halo because you saw how incredible the cars in 2017 looked, and it was such a shock when that Halo was announced. Um, and I know a big factor was the fact that a lot of people were like, "Well, you know, what's it going to do?" Because there's still all this space around the side of it, and a lot of people didn't really understand it. But we have now seen the perfect example I mean the d- the the debate was over when Leclerc was saved in 2018 Spa I think it was was the first real proper example where you where you were like, well, that's you know serious injury or or death if if he doesn't have the halo there um, so the the debate pretty much ended there. but I mean even Roman himself was quite quite critical of the halo when it was first introduced and he said it made him feel sick and he didn't like it. Um, But it's the first thing he addressed on the video that he posted from the hospital. Um, And he said, you know, the, the halo saved my life debate and that's it. The debates over
2: definitely like you say giving examples there even since the halo's been introduced you know you can count examples on one hand of the amount of times it's saved a driver's life or at least prevented serious injury and i'm i'm with you when the halo was first introduced you know i'm somebody i think i'm right here saying that we're all either born in the 90s or maybe just late 80s i don't don't want to offend either of you okay but yeah yeah we've we've all grown up having f1 as you know these open cockpit racing and we've seen accidents happen but for you know this metal object to be chucked on the car I think a lot of us were quite skeptical thinking well you know how come f1 has managed to survive for 65 years or whatever being open cockpit and now we're chucking this on here like and I can see why quite a lot of drivers were against it but oh it's just it's done its work hasn't it and it's something that when I when the accident happened and it was red flagged, I called up my mum and I explained the situation to her and that how lucky Roman was to be alive. And I'm not gonna get emotional now because I've got all, all of it out at the weekend. But I said to her, It feels like Jules didn't die for nothing, which is yeah, it was very it's just chilling really when you think about it, but um on that, yeah. actually,
0: Katie, I don't know if if you's if you saw this, but um, in uh, on French TV when they were covering it, um, Jules Bianchi's mother actually messaged French TV, uh, and but essentially did a, a message to to say that um, you know it's very sad, but that, almost that Jules didn't die in vain now mm-hmm. because of what was introduced, uh, that the fact that the halo was introduced after Bianchi's death um save Roman's life, there's no question about it. And uh yeah, it was very touching to see that from you know the Bianchi family.
1: Yeah, incredibly touching. Um yeah, there's not much more to say on that, I don't no. think. Um <laughs> let's go to the next question. Uh, at Scherder, was there something wrong with the has design that it split like that? Or would that have happened to almost any car? Uh now to be fair, I was I was uh, shocked as well when the the car split in half. I think a lot of people that didn't know about um, the way in which the cars are, are structured uh, in terms of well I think it, it didn't split in the right way it's supposed to split but it didn't split in the right way because that's why the fuel went up like this shouldn't have gone up in flames it should have split to dissipate some of the energy but it pierced something or other obviously there's going to be an investigation into it where the, some fuel was spilled and then you it know, went up in flames so the split is right but the way it split was wrong
0: yeah yeah, essentially that. Um, I mean, the key thing, which I'm sure everyone has seen by now, and we did a, a video about the, you know, the amazing work that the FA have done, is that that survival cell. While it looked shocking to see that car, you could barely pick out that it was a Formula One car, but all that that whole structure around the cockpit and, um, you know, the the halo was all um, intact. And like you say that the fact that that was intact and and all the bits around it meant that roman could could get out because you know even if he'd like broken his leg and he couldn't get out the car like you say there's there's the fire or he's you know passed out there's all those factors but the fact that the whole structure around him that's what you know helped him be able to get out
2: no definitely. I mean the last time we saw an F car, F1 car split into two was at Monaco in 1991. And I'm with you when when I saw the car split into two, your first thought is, oh my goodness, that's that doesn't look right. That's not that's not normal. But then and I'm not in any kind of way this is literally just going from what I can remember in like GCSE science, but when you have an accident, whether that's in a car or, you know, you fall off your bike or something, there are things that are in place To absorb the energy because you're going he went into that wall at 50 The barriers at 53 g at 137 miles an hour and so rather than the energy just being completely all absorbed by the survival cell or you know if the the car hadn't split into half it, it stresses me out thinking about what the rear end of the car could have done it could have caused a concertina effect or you know it's good that it was able to split because the driver was separated from like the fuel cell, for example, and things like that. So there's plenty of things that have done good in that the car split into two like that. But yeah, it did definitely stress me out when I saw it. And even the, the amazing medical team that were first on the scene along with the marshal to help Roman out of that fiery mess, you know, they said they arrived at the scene and they could see the car had split into two and you know, the end part of the car was facing the wrong way. And so for them, they probably were thinking, oh my goodness, what are we dealing with here? But it looks like that was an intentional thing that the car should be able to split into two like that to sort of dissipate the energy.
1: Yeah, but uh, just split the wrong way or split differently to how it should have because as I mentioned the fire shouldn't have happened and I was I was also seeing that I don't even think 50g 53g was what he went into the ball with that was the deceleration so apparently I've, I've been seeing messages saying that the impact would have actually been higher but I don't know I don't understand g's or science in general really but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. either or it was a big impact I think we can yeah. say that right absolutely yeah yeah uh, let's go on to the next question uh, David J Hooks there are rumours that Grosjean may be going to IndyCar next year. Do you think he might call it a day after today and count himself lucky? I mean, these racing drivers are different breeds, right? We've, we've said it many, many times, you know, whether it's uh, paying tribute to a, a driver that we've lost and then, you know, basically taking in the fact that someone has died and then going racing, or if it's racing after seeing such a huge impact like that. These guys are built differently their mentality and their, their strength is is beyond comprehension so uh I from what I've heard that Grosjean should be racing Abu Dhabi or he wants to at least race in Abu Dhabi which I mean if it was me I probably wouldn't do that but that's that's not me this is Grosjean yeah. this is a Formula One driver um but it seems like yeah he, he wants to race in the finale and maybe bow out in a better way than uh, than well than the crash he had in Bahrain
0: Exactly, Formula One drivers are different breeds, aren't they? I mean, that was my first first reaction. Uh, like when he was out, and okay, that you know, your wife and kids would never want you to step in a race car again. Um, but all all the drivers, and I know this is something that Daniel Ricciardo felt quite strongly about with the replays, but they were all watching that, and then they had to jump in their cars and go racing again, knowing that almost just having like a moment where they realized yeah that that happens that could happen and this guy's made this amazing um escape from such a horrible crash and now they're watching it on telly and I've got to get back in the same race cars and and go driving so yeah i saw roman wanted to to do the abu dhabi grand prix and bow out i guess in a in a better way um i guess it just all depends on uh, how his burns um Heal and whether he's able to to do that and get the go ahead, but like you say, it'd be um, it'd be it'd be a nicer way to end your career if he can you know just have a a good race.
2: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, watching the Channel Four coverage here in the UK, um, David Coulthard and Mark Webber present that, and Steve Jones was very much saying, "Oh my goodness, I would never want to step in a car again after witnessing, you know, after experiencing something like that." But DC was saying, you know like you say, racing drivers are completely different. They're not normal. They're very weird in the sense that they're so arrogant and, you know, self-obsessed that they just have a different mindset. They will think, actually, I want to get back in the car, which to us mere mortals, we think, what? You know, I'd never... I'd be thinking, there's more to life than this. I'm going to go and retire in my nice Swiss chalet on the slopes (laughs) with my kids and my wife and just end it there but Roman Grosjean I think he'll probably want to bow out at least from his F1 career in a better way than in than what we saw but like you say with his injuries whether he can or not is another matter as for IndyCar I don't know he might he might give it a go but I mean he's he's spoken before especially in Drive to Survive about the psychological damage that happened to him when he was involved in the 2013 Belgian Grand Prix. And he has said, you know, he's had to seek help from a therapist about it. And he's actually very open in discussing his mental battles that he's he's suffered. So I wouldn't be surprised if after this being like the second serious thing that he's involved in, that maybe he will just say, you know what, enough's enough. But who, who knows? Only Grosjean knows that at the moment. Um, but... Obviously, we'd like to see him back at Abu Dhabi, at least not even racing, just in person. So we can, you know, be able to celebrate this F1 career that he's now sort of bowing out of.
1: Yeah, I think maybe that they're two different incidents, aren't they? Maybe the mm-hmm. first one, and this is pure speculation and the fact that he maybe needed help because of the fact that he felt like he endangered other people's lives rather than his own. I don't know. I mean, that's just uh, my thoughts. But in terms of um, him bowing out and, and things like that and coming back, it's an addiction, isn't it? Mm. These these Formula One drivers are addicted to the thrill, the speed and to race. So I'm not surprised if Roman doesn't bow out in the sense that because he, he craves going back in the car even after a big incident like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see either way. Uh, and I'm sure it's more likely than not if Grosjean <laughs> is cleared uh, medically that he'll, he'll be back in Abu Dhabi to bow out in a way that he would like to. Um, Tommy, let's go to your three-word race review.
0: Uh, so mine is again along the lines of the uh the Grosjean incident and that is never stop innovating and this is just about really just all the the technical innovations and that we almost take for granted now even even um so if I think back I saw a lot of posts about in the 70s there was an incident and it meant that the medical car was introduced to drive at the back of the field and obviously those guys were straight on the on the case um which is you know a heroic thing to be able to be there immediately, and the first thing you think of is to run in the fu- run into you know flames and help someone. Essentially, um, Senna's crash things changed as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Senna's crash obviously there was all the technical innovations that came from that, and they, they built the cockpits around, and then the halo was introduced after Bianchi's crash, and even Corinne Chandok's tweet that you kind of mentioned earlier, Matt, that they this year they introduced a race suit that lasts up to twenty seconds rather than ten seconds and it was the gloves that actually last ten seconds of fireproof, which is why his hands were so badly burnt but it shows that we should just never stop um innovating with these with these safety um devices and the the great thing about this is that in the fact that it's a horrible crash but the great thing is that we we now get to learn so much from it from a driver surviving not you know it not being a fatal crash that we have to learn from
1: absolutely um i completely agree with that um i'm sure there will be a lot of uh, oh a big investigation into it all for for many reasons yeah uh, the him going through the barrier uh, the fire. Uh, there's lots of stuff to, to definitely assess. Uh, Metal Kaniac Fan says, based on the horrific crash, what additional safety measures would you like to see added in the future to protect and prevent drivers from having this type of crash again? Well, I'm sure that they'll look into the structure of the, the Haas car and why it, it it broke the way it did, because it did half the job in terms of uh, keeping Roman Grosjean safe, but the fire shouldn't have happened, so I'm sure there'll be something around making sure or at least trying to minimize the uh, the risk of that again, and I think also maybe the barriers, because I know that well clearly that barrier wasn't strong enough to withstand such a big crash, um, and maybe part of that is down to the fact that tracks don't expect a car to go in a certain area because of the we- because of where it is you know you don't expect a car to go in there at one hundred and forty miles an hour, but you can't then just assume. Because it makes an ass out of you and me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't
1: know why I just dropped that pun, but um, you know, it, it, it's you can't just be like, well, this this barrier will be it'll be sufficient for a fifty sixty mile an hour crash if someone spins into it or something. Everywhere has to be um, protected.
0: Yeah, I think that's what they're going to learn from it is that that you know the barrier was almost almost like flat on. You know, normally a barrier sort of like runs down the straight and a driver goes in and hits it on the side. Um, So maybe, you know, they'll look into something like that where there's a risk of a drive, like you say, because these accidents can happen anywhere on the track. Um, I guess they'll probably learn that we can't just assume that something's going to happen. I'm sure in Silverstone... Yeah,
2: Silverstone uh, with Kimi
0: Räikkönen. Yeah, with Kimi Räikkönen. And there was one with Kvyat this year where he went into the um barrier that no one expected uh him to go into at beckett's um where Kivyat hit the wall and then they they kind of added tire barriers because they realized oh people can go in there but you have to think that people can crash anywhere on a track like they're, they're gonna they're gonna learn so much from it and there will be obviously like a massive investigation i think the biggest learnings will be the fire and why that Definitely. happened
2: definitely I think whether that's you know the fuel cell that has been pierced or um Roman Grosjean's actually done an interview now uh with media uh, and he said about the battery as well because obviously these are not fully you know combustible engines they are uh, part hybrid so part electric um he seemed to think that the battery had burst into flames too which is obviously hugely dangerous we saw clips afterwards of uh marshals coming in with you know thick gloves and and bolt cutters essentially but probably a bit safer than that um and you know cutting through the electric wiring to make sure that that wasn't live uh but yeah I mean as well as the the safety precautions with barriers and and the way that the car works as well I think Matt touched upon it the actual uh not uniform what's it called like overalls that they have on The fact that that was changed this year, yes, it made it heavier, and some drivers didn't like that, but it's undoubtedly saved Roman Grosjean's life, and hopefully that you know over the next few years few decades however long it might take there will be materials developed I mean they use Nomex and all their stuff at the moment which is like the fire retardant stuff that you know keeps the flames from going through but hopefully you know there could be something developed in the future where you could be on fire for a minute say rather than 20 seconds before it starts to melt away so there's always improvements to be made to make this sport safer like we say we know motorsport is dangerous we're not stupid but I don't think anyone would be against people continuously working towards making it safer for when accidents like this do happen, that Grosjean can walk away or whoever it might be.
1: Acc- uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, accidents will always happen and there will always be a, a, a risk with for these drivers. Um, but. I, I am absolutely of the of the belief that this sport should be made as safe as possible for these drivers because they're still going 200 miles an hour. It doesn't take anything away from the show, adding a halo or whatever. I didn't like the, the aesthetic of it when it first came, but everyone hates change and everyone will, will speak up about it until we see something like this, an example of where it saved somebody's life. And then that doesn't matter, does it, in terms of what it looks like or how, how long it's been in or whatever. So uh, next one. Chuck CB, will the FIA address all the safety issues this year? Feels like a year of close calls. The marshal running onto track made me wince. No, no I don't think they will. Um, they've kind of addressed uh, any comments from the media as and when they've happened and they've kind of shrugged them off most times. Um, it seemed like the marshal one was probably just a misjudgment from that particular volunteer. Remember, these are all volunteers. They're not paid. Um, but either way... It was, again, maybe a reactionary thing that the car was on fire. They need to go help. But, I mean, it was a misjudgment of the century, not seeing Lando coming down a rather long mm. straight.
0: I wonder how much, you know, we're, 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 like you say, they're volunteers. I wonder how much uh, going in their head was the Grosjean fire. And obviously, you know, you saw that Perez, it was nowhere near as bad. But in in their head, maybe, you know, they saw a car on fire. They've just been through a very shocking... We've you know had a very shocking incident that we've seen, and this person thinks I need to get over there and put this fire out, and not and like you say made a terrible judgment call to run across the track. Which, luckily, we were under um, double uh, waved double waved yellows, I think. So like, luckily, Lando yeah, was just yeah. pretty much cruising in third gear, and but yeah, it was awful to see. But you know, thank goodness nothing came of it because it would have been absolutely horrendous. It was a very very strange race with with incidents like that where i'll be honest when when it, i was just happy to see the end of it when something like that happened and everyone being one piece
2: definitely yeah. i mean michael massey has come out and spoken about the the marshal running across the track and said you know undoubtedly the marshal reacted on instinct they're told you know under no circumstances should you cross the track that's why we've got marshals that you know dotted around either side of the track for things like this but yeah, obviously, I think it must have been that he had seen the accident previously with Grosjean um, and the extent of the fire that can be caused from a Formula One car, and panicked. I think that's the only thing. But at the same time, we shouldn't have marshals running across the track. There's an incident which happened uh, several decades ago of a similar thing: Marshall running across the track with a fire extinguisher and gets wiped out and kills both the driver and the marshal. So, and that's not something I just gloss over, you know, as a something that happened. Like it's obviously a completely tragic accident and none of us ever wish any harm to come to the marshals that volunteer their time or you know drivers and things like that but at the end of the day these cars go blimmin fast and even under double yellows if you're you know you you come into contact with an f1 car it's it's going to be a pretty big disaster
1: absolutely um well okay shall we uh shall we move to another topic because that's a bit bit more heavy the race um (laughs) the race that happened yeah let's talk about the actual race now Uh, and my three word race review uh, which is to do with well let's just say it Perez doomed whatever Uh, of course this is to do with Sergio Perez not having a drive next year still not confirmed anything he had a very weird press conference last night which wasn't really a press conference and he didn't know he was live and he kept playing the same trailer over and over (laughs) very odd Um, but in terms of the actual race itself Sergio Perez had an absolutely brilliant one Um, he was in third the entire time very comfortable kept Alex Albon at bay quite weird that Perez and Albon were the two <laughs> fighting pretty much on yeah. track even though uh, well, when they're both fighting essentially for this Red Bull seat apparently um, although I think it's it's done you know that's that's the reason for my Perez doomed whatever if he'd finished third if he hadn't finished third he's not going to Red Bull in my opinion now I think Red Bull are very much behind Alex Albon Flacker Pinto says what do you guys think of the chances Alban stays in Red Bull after this race the podium is a little too late so Flacker clearly thinks that uh, Alban isn't staying I think Alex is um, it was a better performance from Alban. I know he crashed in FP2 I think it was but in terms of his his race pace was okay I mean half a minute off Max Verstappen is something that Alban will take after 57 laps of the Bahrain Grand Prix so it was better from him it was it was racier. He was up there in qualifying, even though Red Bull did have quite a significant quali advantage over the rest of the midfield. It was similar to Mugello in a lot of ways. That Red Bull were were good. Albon was okay, and uh, and he managed to snatch a podium with Perez's failure. But I don't think it would have changed anything at all if Perez had or hadn't finished that race.
0: Yeah, it was a solid drive from Albon. Like you say, it wasn't. You know, it would it wouldn't be fair to say that it was the greatest drive of all time because it's just not even (laughs) it's just not because he's like say he's 30 seconds off his teammate but that is the drive that you know and a solid result that red bull want to be seeing every week but i personally agree that we said it in the watch along before before the race that it does seem like alban is secured now it it certainly feels that way i meant like you say i mentioned it in the watch along that red bull recently announced that alex alban has become a wings for life ambassador which is red bull's charity now you've got to assume that you're not going to make a driver ahead of your charity and then fire them two weeks later it just seems unless you went to alpha
1: towery yeah still Um, a red bull program isn't
0: it i guess um but it really does seem seem that way and I've also seen a lot of rumours about Perez um, how his, the money that Perez brings is actually a, a conflict because uh, he brings a massive mobile phone network and money with him. But Red Bull already have a mobile phone network and lots of sponsorship money, far more than what Perez is earning. Um, so that kind of nulls that out a little bit. But Yeah, I'm 80%, maybe even 90% sure Alex is staying at Red Bull. That's my gut feeling.
2: Yeah, I think when we were all discussing who could go to Red Bull, you know, a couple of months ago, although Albin's performance have not been ideal, in fact, far from ideal, I'd also think that Red Bull are being maybe a little bit cautious because they're getting some pretty bad press, especially when like Gasly won uh, at Monza, and it kept being brought up, you know, how poorly Red Bull treated him and chucked him out and now he's onto better things. So, I mean, I'm sure at the end of the day, they would probably rather put a driver in a seat because of talent. But I think if they were just to boot out Albon and say, you know, you've had your chance, sling your hook, you're out. Um, sooner or later, people are actually going to get quite uh, upset with Red Bull for just taking a young, promising driver chucking them into the Red Bull and then spitting them out when they're you know done with them so I'd like to think that they'll keep Alban on and nurture him bring back that confidence that he's you know undoubtedly lost this year we saw after the uh, FP2 crash that he had his attitude just seemed really odd and I I put something out on Twitter because he said it's oh it's just one of those things and loads of people were like well what's he expected to say but you shouldn't be having an attitude like that when you've just completely demolished your car that your poor team is going to have to rebuild piece for piece overnight and try and get back to you. You shouldn't be just, you know, oh, one of those things, just so casual about it. Um, so I think just from looking at his, his attitude, he's so ready for the season to be over. Um, and I, I hope that they do bring him back next year because we all know that Albon is better than what he is currently showing.
1: Indeed. Uh, let's see if he can actually find the pace uh, maybe next year if he does get re-signed because if he continues on this level and then there's a few midfield teams that start picking up the pace, uh, especially in 2022, I don't think Albon will have a very long career at Red Bull unless he can get to sort of Mark Webber levels where he can win a few races, beat Vettel, those, that kind of partnership. Even Verstappen and Ricardo. Like, there, there are drivers out there that can match Verstappen on their day uh, and if Albon is constantly half a minute behind, I don't think he'll stay there for much longer. But uh, there is a huge Thai influence um, at the top of Red Bull, so I'm sure that helps as well in Alex's case. But uh, either way, we'll uh, we'll see. We've only got a couple of races to go until we find out uh, who Red Bull are going to go with, hopefully. And then uh, this whole speculation business can end. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about a few other things. Uh, there was a big result for, for McLaren, P4 and 5, which was... Uh, well, I think we'll get into your predictions, which, uh, <laughs> Katie, you, uh, you had a real disaster. I don't want to talk um, about I it. I actually, th- to be fair, when it happened, I thought you'd, you'd said McLaren. I was like, that is an absolute worldie from you. It wasn't. Um, but yeah, big result for McLaren and a disaster for Racing Point. Of course, Stroll ended up upside down after Danny Kvyat on the inside of him there. Um, and then, obviously, Perez uh, having that, uh, that that engine failure. So... Uh, binyamin underscore aloni says where are mclaren they say their car is worse than racing point and renault but when they don't have any, have really bad luck they get good results so i don't know where to place them worse car better drivers ah, i think that's, well you won't get the answer let's put it that way like you you ask us this binyamin <laughs> aloni but we we don't know, uh, but what I what I think is that some tracks favour McLaren, some tracks favour Renault, and some tracks favour Racing Point. I think Racing Point fundamentally have had a better car, probably. I don't think they're miles down the road, um, but yeah, I think there's just been certain tracks that have suited certain teams, which has been exciting for the midfield.
0: Yeah, I think McLaren have certainly made the most of bad results. I f- I, I personally think Racing Point should be. lot further ahead than than they are of the likes of McLaren and Renault but um obviously a lot of that was bad luck you know Stroll got taken out the race and Perez had a a retirement from an amazing position but yeah the the it just seems to change every week and that that is what we love about the midfield I mean this amazing battle for third in the constructors and and not just that fourth in the drivers championship we put up a graphic the other day and you know you've got ricardo i think it's ricardo perez leclerc sainz norris albon correct me if i've forgotten someone but all i think it's like 15 17 points something like that separating all of them for fourth place and i do think it is just car dependent and like you say we will never know we we cannot actively say yes lando and science are way better than blah 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 it's just not mm. how formula one works we just will never know
2: i totally agree with both of your points there guys i think like you say there have been circuits which some circuits suit cars better than others which is normally always going to happen unless you're driving a mercedes and you just win everything um but oh, we'll yeah see with i don't Van think <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think that um I think McLaren have good drivers. I don't think they're, you know, the two best drivers on the grid. I think they are very talented, but then look at Renault, for example. Daniel Ricciardo, I think he's in the form of his life at the moment, better than when he was at Red Bull. But it's very easy to sit here and say like, oh, well, these people get good here and these people are good there, but it's what's making it so exciting for the midfield is that you'll rock up to a weekend and... You you can't really like put money on what is going to happen with the midfield.
0: We need that at the front, don't we?
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> we do. Uh, yeah, the midfield battles were were pretty good in the Bahrain Grand Prix as well. It's not. It's, it's a weird one. Like we haven't really actually spoken much about what happened in the race because it
0: it almost seems know. irrelevant. I it know all that, does seem very irrelevant. Yeah. It's um, not to disrespect, especially everyone. with the
1: fact that it was a rubbish race as well. Uh, when we did get underway, um, oh, yeah. yeah. An odd one, but uh, let's let's do ABCDEF one anyway and see if we can get through some grades. Even though I'm pretty sure I've forgotten that some of these people <laughs> even race. um So play the jingle, Tommy.
2: Now it's time for ABCDEF.
1: Right, let's uh, let's just fly through this, uh, just purely for the fact that we have a graph at the end of the year. So, yeah, should we, should we just rate them? Okay, Hamilton, A star a star couldn't really have done anything more right yeah he, he didn't leave was it one lap when he pitted one lap earlier than Verstappen even covered off the o, undercut yeah which was, is a... uh, interesting So a star um Bottas
0: I've given him a C because yeah, I feel I've like it's so definitely unlucky but he made a bad start and you yeah. kind of make your own luck in these things don't you yeah
2: puncher at the start well restart puncher at the end Uh, He said his car design hindered overtaking, probably because the Mercedes are not used to being in the midfield. They normally just use zooming off as soon as the lights go out. (laughs) Sorry, Monza, didn't we?
0: Exactly the same thing, where he couldn't get through the pack. But Hamilton could. But
2: Hamilton could.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Spicy! Uh, Leclerc, well, Mm. he had a good start, and then just the Ferrari just didn't have any pace, did it really?
0: Where did he? Let me just check where he finished. He Uh, finished 10th. He got a point. it was not well suited to them. I'd give him a B.
1: B. A... If you're comparing yeah. it to Vettel, I think B's fair. Yeah. Um, Sebastian Vettel, I mean, he spun on his own uh, at the start of the race pretty much. The F- uh, FOM didn't even show it. Very weird uh, that was. Uh, yeah, because I saw him tumble down the order. I was like, he's spun. He's 100% spun. But we never saw a replay. We didn't see anything, did we?
0: Yeah, is that the, the clip that was doing the rounds on Twitter where the, there's no. Uphill left hand. Yeah, uphill left hander. It doesn't hit the curb or anything. That car just looks like an absolute. Handful, and Ooh, he's spun. just not not with that car at one with that car at all. Is he? Um so Where did Vettel finish? He finished thirteenth from fifteenth. I think it's a D. D. Yeah, I've gone D. Agreed.
1: Uh, Verstappen A. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Albon B. Yeah. I said C. Yeah. I've,
0: C. I said I said kind of C plus ha- B territory.
2: Yeah. For Albon. I've said what well, he did well to get the podium. But that was only from luck, because Checo uh, had his engine fail. And then he also had a massive crash in FP2 and completely could have ruined his weekend there. So, yeah, I've said C. We've I just think...
1: said he's had a great weekend with the fact that he's got... Well, his fourth was running pretty well, and we're giving him a C. <laughs> 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 yeah. Huh? Well, he's
0: still quite a long, way, a long way off. I mean, I, I said I, I've written BC, but we don't give out to B-minuses. Oh, right. Well,
1: Tommy, you're, you're the deciding factor here. B. Okay. okay I think C is very harsh for a podium uh, even though it was luck I get it but uh, still much better than what we've seen previously Carlos Sainz A star easy
2: A star what a drive yeah, was it 5th in the end yeah
1: 15th to 5th 15th to 5th that's, uh, that's a pretty stunning a drive. drive and especially considering qualifying wasn't his fault mm-hmm. so uh, yeah that's, uh, that's an A star for Sainz uh, Lando Norris an A yeah an A yeah not, uh, yeah. yeah A Yeah uh, Ricardo. He did a cool move turn eight. I can't remember who it was on. But there was some crazy midfield battling at, at some point in he, the race. He just uh, seemed
0: to spend the whole race <laughs> trying to get past Ocon. Um, that's that's yeah, my takeaway. No they, they they were they were always coming out together and then not really committing to just getting Ocon or whoever out the way and just letting yeah. them go and it just seemed to cost them really. A couple uh, of Cs. A couple of Cs for both of them. Because yeah, Ocon did seem so. a bit more on the pace of Danny Rick. Uh, yeah, but week, I think on them, like, yeah.
1: He, he definitely did, actually. You know, in qualifying, he was closer.
2: Yeah. Oh, like qualifying, oh my goodness. They were literally two, so two close. 2,000th
0: of a second. I can't even say Thalfunth. that. 1,000th. 1,000th.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple of Cs for those guys. Uh, Gasly. A. B,
0: yeah, I
2: said B. Oh, you want B. B. Finished. Finished sixth, which is a pretty stellar job in a, I, an I Alpha said
1: Tauri. A, but... yeah, I think A is probably fairer. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm Thought happy. Katie's to go like, I gave
1: him a B. Pretty stellar job in an Alpha Tauri. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, dear. Go, you I'm can't beginning... be
1: pleased, can you, Katie? You can't be pleased. Uh, Kvia. Uh, I've given him a D. D, fair the enough. Um, from... But wasn't at fault for. Well, maybe both incidents were definitely one incident with Grosjean, and uh, well with Stroll. I, I think he was a little bit of fault with Stroll. I th- but like, I, yeah, I'm slightly, he got a penalty, didn't he, from the stewards?
0: Yeah, I feel like the Kvyat penalty maybe was a little bit of a reaction to um, from the FIA. That's like because because normally they're pretty chill with first lap contacts and it was one of those things where stroll really did sort of like cut in didn't he to the corner yeah um and i think maybe the fia were a little bit trigger happy with with oh there's been a horrible crash yeah sometimes they do react like that yeah sometimes they do react a little bit like that but i mean it's still Mm. it still wasn't a particularly great you know we can't say it was a great drive from him so i think a d is fair
1: no wasn't a great drive Um, yeah I think D is definitely fair but definitely not at fault for the Grosjean incident Uh, Räikkönen no Stroll Stroll we can't really rate so should we give him a C D
0: it's hard to yeah it's difficult with Stroll he started 13
2: no but that was due to a slip up from Racing Point
1: yeah they bottled it with his They screwed him up oh yeah he said there was a miscommunication didn't he what was the miscommunication
2: I think I just put the wrong wrong
0: wrong tyres on him and then he didn't have enough time for two runs how strange. Okay,
1: so C then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Raikkonen. We've, not, we've missed out Perez. We've missed Checo. Oh. A star. Whoops. Done. A star. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was so easy to to sort. I didn't even decide to talk about it. A star for Perez. Yeah. Uh, Raikkonen. Alphas
0: are so hard to mm. to judge because they just have no pace and they just drive at every race unless they do something. Stellar it's a like, say, couple f- of C's. Couple of C's. Seventeenth mm. to fifth for Raikonen and sixteenth to sixteenth for Jovenel. Seventeenth to fifth. Sorry, fifteenth.
1: <laughs> say what signs? <laughs> is that Sorry? You? <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh yeah, a couple of C's maybe. Can't really rate them. Magnusson, Uh C,
0: B. It's, Where did he finish? He finished seventeenth. Oh, C then. C. Yeah. Maybe D. Yeah. No, I think C because he had front wing damage, I think.
1: Okay, C for Magnuson. Uh Grosjean, we're just going to give a C. We can't say anything for that, really. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's fair. Uh, Russell.
0: Uh, B. Got into maybe Q team, Yeah, I
1: think. But then had the worst start in the world.
2: Yeah. In the whole world.
0: Custom.
1: <laughs> and then lost every single position he'd made up. I think it's a C.
0: Not a C, come on. He, he finished, finish 12, two, he then finished lost 12th ev- in a Williams. He fin- you can't yeah. give him the Oh, he
1: finished 12th? Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Okay, I forgot <laughs> about that. Rewind. <laughs> if he recovers. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean. I generally don't feel like this race happened. Yeah, it's a no, weird one, isn't weird. it? it's weird. Okay, oh, if he finished 12th, then B, yeah. Two oh, seconds yeah. clear of Latifi um, in qualif- uh, and qualified. And Latifi?
2: Finished 14th. D. But, yeah. C? Yeah, I think.
0: You're going to C? I'd see. say D, but...
1: Go for it. a D. No, let's guess, let's okay. go see. Let's All not right. be too horrible. Yeah, okay. I
2: think that's a pretty good result in a Williams fourteenth.
1: Okay, Bahrain Grand Prix predictions. Uh, no problems with tra- with track <laughs> limits.
0: Uh, I mean, no, because they did. To be fair, it. they just
1: went, lads, do what you want. Yeah. So I think that's a point. And Albon back to being off the pace. Mm, no, not really. really. No, I wouldn't give that. No, I wouldn't give it either. So one point for me, Katie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yes, so I uh, had an absolute stinker. I said Bottas victory, so uh, that went well. And then the one that I'm still going to claim—I meant to say McLaren's, but I know I actually did mean to say Renault. I said Renault are going to leave Bahrain third in the Constructors' Championship, which obviously bold... did not happen. And I want to skip over it and we never talk of it again. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: Bold claim, terrible claim. We move on. Shocker. Zero points for Katie. Tommy, your two were uh, well. One was close. One was not. Yeah.
0: Let's see if he qualifies Russell. No and uh science i'm such an idiot why why I, do you go I, four? i know i always go top five and then i was feeling cocky and like science is gonna have an absolute banger yeah. here top four he would have he would have finished top he would have finished top four had easily might have even yeah, got a podium his pace was yeah, unbelievable true. um so yeah um i'm an idiot science top four finish He finished fifth
1: tommy's an idiot no news there yeah fans invested puppy 47 says vettel out qualifies leclerc he did and underscore Dino underscore Hamilton finally has a DNF due to reliability. Incorrect. Sakir Grand Prix predictions. I have gone with the most overtakes all season, and at least one Ferrari is lapped twice. I can see that happening.
2: Oh. Yeah, Katie. I've I've said bad issues with traffic and qualifying as it's such a short lap. Um, and then I've said drivers will moan that they get bored of driving the Oval. Not oh, necessarily... my God,
1: don't call it an Oval, Katie. I did I've, I did I, that I, earlier. I, have... I called it an Oval and everyone was like, what is wrong with you? Even Alex Jakes tweeted me. Alex Jakes is on Twitter now and he said, here come the Oval Brigade.
2: Yeah, I, ha- I have on the podcast notes put Oval in like little comma mark things. Um, still but, you're still yeah. calling
1: it an Oval. But, but so yeah, I, I so feel like fine. I need
2: to describe that a little bit better. I don't think the racing is going to be boring, but I just think that drivers are just going to be quite bored just literally doing like four corners. <laughs> oh,
1: get <laughs> so. over it. They're driving F1 cars.
2: Okie dokie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wasn't to you, Katie. That was the <laughs> F1 drivers. Tommy. Uh,
0: no Red Bull in the top five, which means the Verstappen will finish fifth. And uh, <laughs> and Russell outqualified by teammate. Whether that's Latifi or Bottas, oh, we will find come. out.
1: <laughs> You are disgraceful. With come that on, one. I
0: need a point. Oh, it's been a while. That is it's
1: arch- a pay point. I hope he goes to Mercedes and trounces Bottas now after your safe prediction. Uh fans, American to be fair, if he stays if he stays at Williams, that's not going to come true. Uh fans, American Racing 7, Monza 2, a new winner, maybe a McLaren or Racing point. Okay. And Fielding Rowan, Renault second row lockout. They've gone big. Ooh. That is fans big. have gone big. There we go. We've gone big. Um that's pretty much it. Uh, Thank you to everybody for for watching and listening to this WTF1 podcast. Sorry that the first half an hour was heavy, but uh, felt like it needed to be addressed, everything that went on and uh, the miraculous slash not miraculous because it's really safe nowadays incident. Um, But yeah, I don't think anybody would have expected anything else from this WTF1 podcast. And uh, guys, any final thoughts? Uh,
0: Just, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one. And I guess I'll just say that at the end of the day, we're we're fans too, and we're we're shaken by things. And at the end of the day, we just we do our best to cover it in a way that that we feel is right. And I hope that people respect that.
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty perfect. That hits an L on the head, um, and obviously wishing Hamilton a, a speedy recovery from his coronavirus diagnosis.
1: Yeah, Best wishes to Hamilton. Best wishes to Grosjean, and yeah. uh, we will see you all well for internet's best reactions this weekend podcast again next week and uh, we'll see you very soon so thanks guys and uh, well yeah hopefully we'll have uh, an interesting maybe a new race winner that'll be exciting wouldn't it bye. Bye. bye bye bye
2: bye with linkedin jobs we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need